This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Anticipation versus realization. Most commodity markets stopped making new highs recently, while the equity markets did not make a new low. Does that mean the end of everything with tops and bottoms being made? I doubt it. Even major trends need to rest once in a while, and a period of consolidation after recent sharp moves would be expected. Many would argue that the fundamentals have not changed, but those broad fundamentals are pretty well known, and markets have traveled a long ways in response to them. There's lots of talk about how Russia Ukraine produces 30% of the world wheat trade. When the Russian ruble is near worthless, who says the Russian farmers will sell their wheat, which is dollarized? Russia exports 13% of the world's fertilizer, 24% of its nitrogen. That sets Brazil off on a mad scramble to get fertilizer for their coming crop season. U.S. duties on Russian nitrogen imports now make sense. Ukraine is or was a major potash exporter. Ukraine produces 14% of the world corn exports and 50% of the world sunflower oil exports in a world short of veg oils. This is inarguably one of the most major disruptions to supply chains since they've been created. Traders are now trying to guess when the war will end in Ukraine, which will determine how many acres will get planted there. Ukraine infrastructure has been badly damaged, so we'll have to undergo huge repairs when the war ends. Mariupol was a significant port where the city has been nearly destroyed. CHS operates out of three ports and joint ventures that are all north of Crimea, so should have been less damaged to this point, but Ukraine mined all harbors to block the Russians from an amphibious assault. Odessa appears to be well defended and mostly undamaged at this point. The war has to end before grain vessels will be afforded the necessary insurance to operate in the Black Sea. Most commercial grain companies have shut down out of fear for the safety of employees and such. The day the war in Ukraine ends, there will not be a flipping of a switch and everything will go back to normal. Most estimate that it will take three to four months to get things turned back on again. And the more infrastructure that is damaged or destroyed in the interim, the longer the repair time will be. Via brokers in Odessa, Ukraine say, That is all blah blah scenarios based on majority peaceful times mindset. As to plantings, indeed, if no solution is found over the month of March, the worries about spring planting of corn and sun seeds will be boiling at higher temperatures, and there's no doubt that uncertainty begets greater uncertainty. So the warfare is the total uncertainty, Slava Ukraine, glory Ukraine, unquote. The war has to end for any scenario for recovery to start. So markets have gone up in anticipation of what losses in trade will be. They're now trying to determine whether they got enough in the market to account for it all. Changing the opinions on meager headlines generates wide day-to-day swings in markets. Traders feel right one day and wrong the next. Those that follow technicals, particularly the Elliott Wave Theory, see the current consolidation as fourth wave corrections. Usually there is a time when a fourth wave that it feels like tops are in. I thought that we were there on the selling scene Wednesday. A correction is a counter-trend movement, and weakness so far has not gotten to the point to confirm any change in the major uptrend in most markets. There should be an attempt by markets to make new highs. I expect that some will, but maybe not all. The dollar got up to near par and then backed off. That's good for commodities. Par or higher for the dollar would be bearish. 
There are actually some fundamentals besides Ukraine that markets are or will respond to, such as conditions of the safrina corn crop in Brazil and U.S. acreage intentions from USDA on March 31st. The spike high in March corn was $8 a bushel, so that will be the target for the May contract at best. The idea of current weakness in corn being a fourth wave seems to fit. That will be a good objective for the remaining of old crop corn that we hold. It is a similar story in soybeans with a sideways correction since the existing top, which is short of the March high, in the May contract. It should be noted that domestic crush margins are still very positive to support soybean prices that are thought of as at lofty levels, and China is still buying. It really doesn't matter what the crop is, corn, wheat, soybeans, or soy oil. They're all cheaper here than anywhere else in the world. I think that USDA has carryover projections significantly inflated from reality because they do not have a clue where to put them. I think they should take a better guess. Ellendale released its producer survey calling for 92.42 million acres of corn compared to 92 million in the USDA forum. Farmers told them that they would plant 89.21 million acres of soybeans compared to 88 in the USDA forum. They look to be in the ballpark. Those acres should not tip the market. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.